Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very last episode of Back to the Blockbuster for the year. I know I kind of set that up as like the last episode ever. For the year. <laughs> we, just, the we, year. Just start, we just started and no, uh, we realized that we don't want to do this. Just yet. the last one this year. Just <laughs> the last one this year. Um, my name is Gaius Bowling, of course, and I'm joined with my two buddies. Let's introduce themselves again. What's up, guys? I'm Owen. Uh, not asleep this time. <laughs> uh, still awake and ready to go. Um, enjoying myself a nice cold beer after the long Monday. <laughs> it was a long weekend of moving. I want to thank Ace for helping me out a little bit too, but um, ready to talk about the year in review and can't wait to say some of my favorites and definitely some of the ones that I would not recommend. So let's, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> hey guys, Brittany is back with her hot takes as always. <laughs> and this time I have a glass of wine with me because it's the holidays. Nice. Why not? <laughs> um, you know, normally we go through the whole like, well, what'd you do this weekend? But we were all together for parts of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It was Christmas, of course. And like, you know, I spent a little bit of it with my family. But now there's like a two year tradition that it's like a, almost like a little orphan. Christmas. Don't tell anyone the secret, Gaius. <laughs> oh, that they're, oh, well, I'm sorry if there's any <laughs> orphans from Hermosa Beach that are excluded from Britney's party <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> No one is excluded. Everyone is welcome. Open door policy. Yeah, we started last year and it was fun. We did it again this year. It was also very fun. Uh, yeah, the kind of proof that um, uh, your family is not all about blood. It's the friend, like the family it makes it your friend. So it was a fun little gathering on Saturday and uh, uh, some good times were had. We we played some games. Yeah. We won't talk about what was said during those games because something was pretty raunchy but funny. <laughs> But we had a good time. I tried to block that part out. <laughs> uh, but we had a good time and it was good. And I hope everyone else had a very uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday over the weekend. Um, so this week is going to be a little different. We're not talking about news. Uh, no no uh, pop no pop culture, no hot topics. It's all about basically the year in review, like just talking about things in the industry that either like things that happened in the industry this year, whether there's certain movies that stood out, certain just... Uh, stories from the year that stood out that you think kind of impacted the year. Um, and then uh, by the end, we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2022, whether that is from movies or television. Um, it's kind of, it's going to be like a little free for all kind of thing. Like, I don't know who really wants to kind of start or kind of, and we can kind of piggyback off each other, but um, I have some things on my side and I'm sure you guys have some on yours, so we can get it started. Yes, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, this story actually started in late 2020, but it impacted 2021. And that was uh, Warner Brothers' decision to go uh, date and day, uh, day and date with all their uh, releases in 2021. So that means that it hit the HBO Max streaming service the same day mm. it was released in theaters. Um, at the time, in late 2020, it pissed off a lot of directors who were like, you know, it, we don't make our movies for uh a streaming service it's for the theatrical experience and you know behind the scenes they had to rework a lot of deals uh on that front because you know box office revenue is completely different from whatever you make on streaming and since most people are or most of the platforms are very secretive about what their numbers are uh mm-hmm. it's hard to tell what's making money on that um, yeah um a lot of people said that they don't think the move was really all that successful, even though there were some exceptions, like Godzilla versus Kong did well on the service and in theaters. Mortal Kombat, same thing. I would say 
Dune is in there, but I think they left some money on the table with that. I think it could have done even better if it wasn't on HBO Max. But then there are other examples like The Suicide Squad, which is like $180 million to make, and it didn't make that money near that money in theaters. And even some of its streaming numbers that third-party apps got, it was, I, I don't think they can justify the financials that they put into it based on the return that they got from the streaming side and losing some of that money on the theatrical side. Yeah. I want to ask you guys, do you think overall it was the right thing for them to do, considering they were unsure at the end of 2020 where movie theaters would be in 2021? This is the reason why they decided to do this. Um, was it successful overall? Should they have just winged it and just gone theatrical and risked it? Um, I don't know. What do you guys take on that? Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely a move that I very much enjoy. I think that there's a lot of times where I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go out to the theater. Um, <clears throat> it's it's really convenient for me to be able to put on a movie at the end of the day after a long day um, or just at the end of the night on a weekend uh, without necessarily going out and doing something. But after seeing Dune in theaters uh, over Thanksgiving, it's just a whole different experience after seeing it in the theater and on HBO Max first. So I think when it comes to terms of money shitty thing I think about it because they're I mean as you see now you see a lot of commercials and trailers that say only in theaters and so then it might not be on a streaming service for another seven months or a year or something like that but I think there are a lot of different movies that are coming out exclusively on streaming services like The Power of the Dog on Netflix um, and a lot of like Netflix originals or HBO Max originals so I think that there's pros and cons to both, but in general, after seeing something in the theater, the movies just are so much more enjoyable when you're actually sitting in the theater, which a lot of people haven't gotten to do for the last couple of years. So I think that they're going to start to go back, especially after seeing a movie make over a billion dollars. I know it was sort of a very um, uh, singular thing that doesn't happen very often, but to see that happen in the pandemic era, um, we're going to see a lot of exclusively in theaters come back and uh, streaming services back off, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, growing up, one of my favorite things to do was go to the movies. So I think that really took a toll this past year, or I guess in 2020 as well, um, not going to the theater. I think I think there's a different aspect that you get, a different perspective that you get from watching a movie in a theater and um I think it was Tom Hanks that said like something about um something about like being lonely in a theater is okay like that's where everyone goes to be alone and um I don't know I butchered that quote but (laughs) (laughs) something along the lines of like that's why I go to movies alone because it doesn't feel like you're alone in the movie theater and that's like you're not looking at your phone. I mean, I just I just saw a couple movies this past weekend in theaters and I didn't have a chance to look at my phone during it. I wasn't distracted. I was fully in it. And when you're watching a movie at home, unfortunately, like you have that ability to pause it, to go to the bathroom. Like when you're in a movie theater and you have to pee, you have to run out and like pee as fast as you can and then run back. It's like the a dash. different dynamic, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's... Um, I mean, I guess the money part for them, right, is it's going to come down to, like, did it really work financially for Warner Brothers to do it? Um, 
I think with some of their movies that skewed like older, like they talked about like the mini saints of Newark didn't do well in theaters for them, but it did very well on HBO Max, according to them. Like, and it also drove more uh, views to people uh, watching The Sopranos, like like binging that uh, in preparation for the movie. So like, you know, when, when low box office numbers came out for them, they always kind of justify, well, like the numbers we're seeing, even though they're not sharing them with us, um, indicate that this model kind of works. Now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that that's the same for something like The Matrix Resurrections, which was the last movie of theirs to do that kind of release pattern uh, this mm-hmm. year. Um, I mean, I you guys probably saw that it opened not all that, it opened below expectations. And part of the reason a lot of people think is because of the HBO Max availability and not just like mm-hmm. being available on HBO Max where people are subscribing to it. Like if anyone could easily rip a pristine copy of it and then pirate it on other sites. So now yeah. like a bunch of people are downloading the movie and watching it for free at home. So yeah. I think that does affect box office. I know like Disney Plus played with like, you know, the idea of like the premium thing with Corella and Black Widow, like, you know, offering it for a certain amount of money on the service. And that was like, such bullshit. Yeah. I'm it, sorry. For yeah, Disney I'm gonna out go of all with another story too, because it can connects- for Disney out of all streaming services to have an upcharge to see a movie, like that's for kids. Like these parents are already struggling this past year all day long with their kids at home. And it's like this movie comes out and all the kids want to do is see this movie. And, oh, it's another charge. Like so many people lost their jobs. Like people can't afford that extra premium charge. Like, I just think it's ridiculous. Disney can afford to donate a movie to their streaming service. I agree. I think it's annoying too. It's not just like, oh, it's on on demand for seven bucks. It's like 40, like $38 or $40 to get the movie. That's more expensive than it would be to take your family to go to the theater. Exactly. Right. And it only, and like Disney's release model for that only makes sense if you are okay financially with spending that money. Right. So if you have a family of seven or so at home you can't go to the movies it does make sense for you to like to buy that film on the streaming service and be able to watch it as much as you want at your house with your family because it's it's cheaper in the end than buying individual movie tickets but that's not true for everyone mm-hmm. uh, you know and i don't think this was like you can watch it whenever you want i think it was oh, like a three-day rental yeah or something was, like yeah. that well also i think they it was only on disney plus for whatever it was a month and a half Mm-hmm. so right. even if you missed it you and you missed the window then you can't come and see it again right. right um so wonder brothers is not doing this again this year they're um they're it's going to be a theatrical uh releases only but they are kind of the theatrical window they're kind of shortening it a little bit like uh they, they just said like the batman uh today it will be on hbo max 45 days after it opens in theaters okay um, so that, that can can work. that's a good window yeah, that's, not, that's pretty good. That's enough time for it to make whatever money it's going to make. And then, of course, Disney didn't do it with all their movies, right? Like, Chang-Chi, they released exclusively in theaters and let it have, like, a 40-something day window. And then they put it on uh, Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of play fast and loose with that, uh, depending on the movie. Um, yeah, they did Black Widow Dirty. They that. did Black Widow Dirty. Um, I, that's something I want, I'll talk about after you guys uh, give one of your takes. But, like, yeah, it was... I, I when I first heard the Warner Brothers thing, I thought it was, I, I guess for me, I thought it was a cool idea because I was like, well, if I don't want to see one of their releases in the theater, I just watch it at home. Like certain movies aren't made to be seen on the big screen all the time. I think that's what we learned the most in 2020 and this year that we don't need to see everything in theaters. Um, but I did think with some of their bigger releases, I was like, they're going to potentially lose 
a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like on something like The Matrix or Dune. Like Dune ended up doing well like worldwide, right? Globally, it made a lot of money. But yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure it could have tacked on 30, maybe 40 million more in the States if it was just a theatrical. Just in, yeah. yeah. I think The Matrix is a different one too because it's got the nostalgia piece to it. So I think that one is a very specific crowd that, I mean, when did the first one come out in the early 90s? It came out in 99. Oh, late 90s. Okay. So I think that, I mean, I think a lot of the younger generation might not necessarily be like, oh, I can't wait to see the new Matrix unless they were um, like, had been growing up seeing it or something like that. Right. There could be a lot of reasons why that didn't do well, right? That The HBO Max could be one factor. And then there's a bunch of other, the quality of the movie might not be that great. Um, but I know De- Deadline was like the first to kind of point out that like they believe the HBO Max factor is, and they they pointed that out with a lot of their releases that didn't open as well. They did it with Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Suicide Squad had great reviews and people that were into that loved it on social media. It just didn't break through to everyone. And I know a lot of people that did watch it on HBO Max and it was like, I liked it a lot. I know. I think a couple of, of its weeks, it was the most pirated movie online when it was first made available. So, like, that's that's top, the, that's the top drop pirated on on LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the I drop yeah, when you have like a clear copy of a movie available. They can. You're not. It's, it's not yeah, like, it's not. It's not like a shifty. Um, like, like, uh, like yeah. yeah, like in the theater, kind of like hiding. It's so funny. I had a friend in. Uh, I used to work in a movie theater. My first job. And if you caught someone recording uh, a film, then you would automatically get a $1,000 check. They would basically trying to get you to make sure that they're not pirating movies or filming anything. And my friend, my friend caught a guy one time. And so he got $1,000 cash there that day because he caught someone and they arrested the guy or whatever it is. Like they took it very seriously, but it's, it's crazy now, especially with, like you were saying, guys, if it's on a platform, you can get a very, very good copy digital version of it immediately. And so the second it comes out on HBO, you can just throw it online and anyone can see it. Yep. So this is so funny that we're talking about this because I just had to do a security like test thing for work today. And like, that was one of the things that was like, what if your you- friend asked to see a movie that's not released yet? <laughs> like, you say no. Yeah, that was like part of the test. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if, I mean, you, if you hit yes, you just automatically get fired. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oops. You my virtual office, so I can let you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What about you guys? Though, is there something that you guys want to throw out there to discuss? Um, I think that I would love to talk about um a lot of the series that came out this year. I think there were a lot of really good TV series that came out. I was actually looking back and doing a little bit of my uh, homework today. And looking back on all the 2021 movies, and there were some that I really expected to be good, but I didn't enjoy as much as I thought. Like I think so. The Are one you going to say White Lotus? I'm not going to say White Lotus. Oh, okay. Um, I actually this this one really stood out to me was Reminiscence with Hugh Jackman. I was, that was very, I was very intrigued by the. I liked because the trailer was very vague and didn't really give away a lot. And so I was kind of, I really wanted to see what it was going to be like. And I love Hugh Jackman and sort of like the dystopian future always interests me just to see how they play it and what kind of things that they're going to um, play around with. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. 
and I literally would never watch it again. I have told many people to not even try and watch it. Burn it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really thought that it was just horrible. The story was bad. Um, it, it just made no sense. It wasn't like enjoyable to watch. It was slow at some points and then other parts just rushed ahead. It just made no sense to me. And so I think that this year was really good for a lot of series. Um, I want to throw out Invincible on Amazon Prime. The Witcher season two was really good. Um, there was just a lot of things that I, like, I enjoyed watching a lot of TV series more than I think I did watching um, uh, new movies that came out this year. I agree with that. I, I was going to say the exact same thing. I, I found a lot of the shows that came out this year were like so well done. They were so cinematically well done. Like the first thing that comes to mind is made. Cause I just recently binged that within the past month. Um, that show was so well done. Every episode felt like I was watching a movie. Mm. Um, it was building up intensity and it's baby, which also added to that. And Margaret Qualley is beautiful in the movie. She's an incredible actress. She's so young. Her mom is playing her mom in the movie, Annie McDowell. Um, it was just an incredible series to watch if you haven't yet I think that's gonna live on to be a really uh they could have made a movie and this is kind of what we were saying last week where like some of these shows some of these movies could be shows where they dive into characters a little bit more and I think I think if made had been a movie it wouldn't have had nearly enough depth to the characters and I think it being a series really added I mean it was only 10 episodes it was a limited series so they really got to dive into like each character and you got to know every single character in a special way. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that if it had been a movie, people would have watched it, maybe would have liked it. And then what, are you going to go see a sequel to it? Not probably not. Now people are excited for if they make a, like uh, another series that are similar to it or a a next spinoff or something. So yeah, excitement for, oh, another 10 episodes rather than, oh, just a sequel that just put a two in front of the name or behind or after the name, that's not really going to get me to go see it. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think that, I don't know if this was like, I, I don't really know when all these shows were in development, right? I don't know if they were in development pre, you know, last year um, or if it was just a coincidence that a lot of these shows end up being benefiting from feeling more cinematic than like normal tv shows actually would i know that having a lot of people at home more like last year and even some of this year gives those shows the opportunity to like really break out um you know we talk about the marvel stuff but i mean like that there a lot of their shows broke out in all of 21 they released all of them in 2021 and um and wandavision was the best one i think by far that that was the first one that they did yeah, I'd I, say WandaVision was probably that and Squid Games were probably the top two series of the year. Yeah. Uh, Squid Game was the biggest, uh, it's certainly Netflix's biggest show ever. Um, they said that. Um, it Bridgerton, right? It wasn't Bridgerton. Yeah, the original? It was Bridgerton, yeah. That, 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 and that's so funny because Bridgerton was. Do I need show. to rewatch Bridger- Bridgerton? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I will. Well, yes, so. you know, because like Bridgerton was like the pandemic show of like 2020, like, toward, like towards the end. Like people were binging that, and then like Squid Game kind of took over uh, this year in a huge way, and is making a ton of money for Netflix. 
as if they need more. Who do you think the appeal of that was for this? Because I think I know that uh, once um, Parasite was nominated for Best Picture, and I think it won, right? Yeah, it won. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people want to go see it, but his, like historically in the U.S., those foreign shows that are dubbed or not not dubbed, they're just subtitles. They don't really do that well, right? Um, especially over here. I, I think there was one show that I used to watch that was an Italian version of sort of The Sopranos, and that was really good. But I only got through like a season, and then I thought, you know, I need some English because I'm tired of reading subtitles, but I think people were watching it just because I apologize because I'm probably talking offhand, but I think people were watching it because other people were watching it. Mm. Like I got a, I got a lot of FOMO because I didn't see it, but I also didn't have time to watch it when everyone was talking about it and then it faded out. So I still haven't watched it. I do want to eventually, but people aren't talking about it anymore nearly as much as they were talking about it before. So it's, got humor but it's dark comedy um and it has that fight like fight or flight sense to it that it's it's basically the hunger games if it was real well i think you just (laughs) described why people are watching it yeah yeah but i I was just wondering if like there are a lot of those shows that are out there that are foreign but i wonder why this one specifically um started to do well i mean maybe it was just because it was sort of a phenomenon yeah, uh, really hit those pressure points that people want to see. Had enough, a little bit of uh, violence, some a little bit of blood. Well, um, I think that has a blood. lot to do with it too. I think yeah. like it's like I mean, some people enjoy watching, especially because like I haven't watched Guilty. it. Fully. <laughs> I haven't watched it fully, but the, the gore and violence was like. Wait, I'm the only one who's seen it all. Yeah, I haven't watched all of it. I mean, like, and I and I did for a while. Felt like I wasn't a part of a movement because. That even on the website people were talking about it and someone asked me to review it and I was like I don't have time to watch all of it I had so much FOMO <laughs> yeah but then I saw it's, how many people were watching really it. good yeah uh, and then I saw how many people were actually watching it and like, all the records it was breaking and you know I just think it's a combination of like a lot of things it's just I think something like Parasite gave people more willing to watch stuff like this mm-hmm. um and then I also think like with Britney, like you don't want to feel left out of the movement. Like it, it's a water cooler show, right? It's a show you talk about at work usually yeah. uh, with people like, well, have you watched it yet? And then when you mm-hmm. are left out of that, you're like, oh, well, I guess we can't be friends. And then you have to walk <laughs> like, away because you don't want to hear spoilers because that's the kind of show that has spoilers. Mm-hmm. So but do you guys ever get this feeling where you haven't necessarily watched something that's just like this for example you haven't seen squid game but everyone likes it and everyone's seen it do you ever get a sense of oh i'm just kind of signing on for a movement if i do like it or do you eventually enjoy it because it is good i felt that with squid game there was sort of a sense where i was like am i liking this because it's popular or do i like it because i like it and i think that's a i think that's like a i think that means you're stubborn yeah very much so so. i'm sorry to diagnose you on this um zoom therapy session but i think that actually means that you're a stubborn person yep (laughs) Taurus. because you don't want to like you don't want to like feed into the narrative of like liking the show because everyone else likes it but then what if you actually do like it then you're like well i don't want to actually like it yeah no it's you're you're exactly right and so I, I was just wondering if you felt that away. I will vend my you for this session maybe I'm the stubborn one yeah let me know what your hourly rates are <laughs> um, <laughs> well it's kind of funny that because uh, like this happens more with movies for me than tv shows but like when something is like way overhyped 
and I'm late to the game, like usually I don't like it as much as everyone else did. Like, like I, I remember when like Napoleon Dynamite came out, I saw that later than everyone else after everyone told me it was the funniest movie ever. And then when I watched it, I felt like I was like, I wasn't in on some inside joke. I didn't understand why everyone was like saying it was so great. Uh, same things happened with like movies like Boondock Saints, which is like a big cult kind of movie. Like people love yeah. that. I saw that really late too. And I just don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess like, maybe that's why I haven't finished Squid Game because like it's, I, it's entertaining, entertaining in the moment when I'm well, what I've seen, um, but I'm getting the vibe from everyone else. If that many people are watching it, you must think it's pretty fucking great. If you, I was, I, I feel that same way about like Animal House. I remember I saw Animal House late, and I was like, this movie's not good. I love Animal House. Animal <laughs> House. <laughs> oh man, I want to kick you off the gallery screen. <laughs> <laughs> And then Owen was no longer on the podcast. And then, yeah, I was uh, excluded from the pod. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. for 80s movies, so I think that's one of my favorites. I just don't understand the point of Kevin Bacon's character. That's what pisses me off. That's that's what pisses you off just about the movie? Just, just to start, <laughs> this first initial thought off the head. Like that that's such a minor off. role. Like, exactly. <laughs> the, but they, they introduce him as like a character that's going to come back. Because you're not sexually movie. attracted to him, Owen. <laughs> a lot of people are. The Kevin Bacon? Yeah. He was a heartthrob in the 80s. I mean, like Footloose. And uh, I mean, he was, he was considered... Uh, I mean, like, people are into him and John Travolta. Like, looked like if someone described what a human looked like to an alien and then they came out with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to anyone that's a fan. Wow. Of- <laughs> I'm DMing him. <laughs> oh, what a hot take. Um, um, another show that I thought was really good, uh, very well done this year was I watched that in like two days. And that was another one. It was like eight episodes and it was just like light. It was fun. It was hilarious. Like Mindy Kaling did such a good job. She really like Mindy Kaling truly gets the next generation so well, like my generation and the next generation. And um, I think she does a really good job of portraying that on, on a TV show like that, where like, it's not overly done where it's like, oh my gosh, they're like, this was clearly made by an older woman or an older man talking about there's no writing about younger women in college like she really got those characters and had some good writers on that show to help her and it was so good that's awesome. i don't know if you guys would relate to it as much but it was a really good show i, I heard good things about it. i just couldn't watch it was that the first one that she wrote and produced her on her own um she's the show creator of it yeah, that's right and i think she i think she helped with the writing but i know that there were other writers attached to it as well Gotcha. But I mean, it just follows the the life of four college girls that are just figuring it out. It's Mm -hmm. like coming of age, but they're also like, it's so relatable if you've ever been a freshman in college at a school where you don't have a lot of friends and you're just like trying to figure it out. And it's, it's just, it's spot on. (laughs) I got to check that out. I related a lot to it. So I'm sure other women did too, because it it is one of the best shows that's been made this year. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I got to check that out. I think it was just like a good, like last, well, I guess last year, but most of this year, especially it was like a good year to launch a lot of these. 
And yeah. Timothy Chalamet's sister is in it. She's like the main lead. Oh, yeah, this is really. Yeah. Kim, Kim, she plays the character named Kim. I think her name's like Paulina or Paulette or something like that. Um, but she's really good in it. She plays the main, um, like the lead girl, I guess. And she's, I mean, when you see her face, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> they look identical. <laughs> Wait, um, you brought up White Lotus. Uh, like, like, did you do? Did you watch it? I loved White Lotus. I thought it was good too. And I'm, I'm actually happy they they were. I mean, they renewed it. It's gonna be like a different setting and stuff. But like, I had a lot of fun, and I love that cast. I thought that cast was really good. That's the only drawback to it being kind of like anthology style is that like, we'll love to see all those people back. But like, it's you know, it's they said. I think they. they I forgot who they're gonna carry over. There's one or two people. But it's mostly going to be like a new cast and new setting. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was really good and also easy to watch too. Like it was just a breeze. And then I think I think also like having another anthro- anth- anthology like type of show like that. It, you can watch any season like that mm. and jump right in, and you don't have to go back and watch the first season of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really cool like, especially with like everyone at home watching stuff. You don't have to feel like you have to like go back to the beginning and watch. It's like True Detective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there was a lot of really good um, like new shows for sure, but I think that the like extended seasons of like current shows that came out this year were really good too. My favorite probably so far was What We Do in the Shadows season three. I think that if, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to watch that, you have to. Because first of all, that movie is in general one of the best movies, one of the best indie, like sort of dark comedies. And the show really takes it to a whole nother level. And it's so funny and so well done and r- really just goes into all of the vampire and sort of that kind of style of those tropes. Oh, it's so good if you guys have a chance to watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I haven't seen it yeah. yet. Have you seen it, Gaius? Uh, I haven't. I I've heard like what's funny is that like I've heard so many good things about. I've even seen the like the movie, uh, but I've, I've heard, oh, yeah, I've heard so many good things movie. about it, and like um, I do want to watch it. It's so good. Add it to the list. It's really there's so funny. many things that I still need to I watch. And I, there's too many. Too and much. there's a lot of stuff that has come out like with like at the end of the year, and I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. And I know I, there's like time off, but I guess this goes back to what we were saying at the beginning where like if we have time after work we can just watch something at home Mm -hmm. so we don't have to drive all the way to the theater get a movie ticket um because I mean there's so many things I just saw King Richard and Licorice Pizza like all in the same week and it was just like a little overwhelming for me yeah and Don't Look Up just dropped on Netflix a couple days ago I can't wait I also watched that this week I have not ah don't spoil anything because I cannot wait to see it I watched it when I was deathly hungover on Sunday. <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, yeah, and also for TV series, it was like the year to bring back, uh, you know, it was like what's old is new again. Like they brought back Dexter. Mm. Uh, they brought back uh, Gossip Girl. They brought back, you know, Sex in the City. Uh, like, and, you know, ahead of the class where they just canceled. It was a sitcom from the 80s that they tried to launch again on Peacock. Poor Peacock. Cowboy. Cowboy Bebop got canceled after one season too. Yeah, that was crazy too. Like, you know, it's it, Wonder it's, Years. Oh, the Wonder Years. Yeah, the Wonder Years. Um, I like the one. I watched the first couple episodes of the Wonder Years, and I really liked it. Yeah, and the the the, cool, the crazy thing about the Wonder Years, you know, network TV it definitely doesn't pull in the numbers that it used to, and it's not like 
it's killing it in the ratings, but it was like, except one of ABC's like best launches for a series and in that time slot in like a few years. Um, mm-hmm. But people love that factor too. They love stuff that's familiar. Um, I watch most of the new Dexter. Um, it's definitely better than the last season of Dexter. So there's like there's that whole like making up for that <laughs> kind don't, of don't spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. Um, okay. And I watched I watched the new Gossip Girl. Like I remember I watched the I watched the pilot and I was like this is awful. They're trying way too hard. But if you get past really? the, pilot, the remaining episodes, once it kind of forms its own identity and isn't so obsessed of re- with reminding you like oh we're connected to that show, it gets a lot better. And the so they had to come through in some some old tie in some yeah, inside they, jokes and then yeah, they, they tried too hard in the pilot like to be like oh this is clearly the chuck of the new show this is clearly the dan of the new show like once they kind of just let them breathe and like kind of be their own characters it got a lot better and it just got re- it got renewed not just got but it got renewed for the second season so also doing did very well on hbo max um i don't know where that sex in the city show i mean i know it's doing well for hbo max but i don't know what the, the fan reaction has been i've looked at it on twitter that's all i can judge it on it's been kind of mixed um i know i, I think they'll get them. a couple of seasons out of it you think so yeah they, they like they have so much uh originally Brittany, are you just like hate watching it basically i, feel like you are I mean after watching. the after last week's episode like how they wrote off um willie uh oh my gosh stanford they wrote him off this show because he died in real life and the way that they wrote him off like really did him dirty and i'm like completely over it now i don't Mm. think i'll be watching it again wow wow that's pretty that's a hot take yeah i mean i just think they're changing the characters like it's becoming i know it's a new chapter but it's just becoming a whole a whole different show and i'm not here for it right i don't like the the creative way that they're taking with it that's the risk of launching a show like that's familiar again right like that like you like something like that you know because of things that are out of their control there's no samantha right because they just don't get along and there's that but and she was such an integral part of the original series so now you have to find and figure out a way to kind of make up for her absence like let's give them something that they can like just as much as her i don't know if they've been successful in that regard um, like I said, the same thing with like Gossip Girl. Everyone's so familiar with like Blake Lively and Lady Meester and all of them that it has to be hard to like launch it under this like, oh, it's like the same thing, but different. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like the new show, How I Met Your Father, that's coming out with Hilary Duff. Yeah. It's, I saw a preview for it and I just cringed the whole time watching it because I don't know how they're going to really pull it off. And there's a lot of sort of, because that time frame that they did the show in was all talking about some older things where people didn't have the social media and communication. And so the first episode looks like, oh, she's having trouble with her Tinder dates. And I was like, I don't know if I even want to watch a show about this. Like it just completely different on the levels of what those young adults are going through at the time. So I'm, I'm very interested to see, but I think those shows really had like a small window where they did really well. It was like how I met your mother. Um, my, my name is Earl. Like all of these shows like did so well at the time that they were on. And I just don't know if they can really hit that sweet spot again. You know? Yeah. yeah. It was, um, it's, it's interesting. Cause I listened to, uh, they have a, a 
Welcome to the OC Bitches, the podcast with Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark. And they're re-watching the show and like talking about each episode and everything. And they've mm-hmm. an interesting thing about like the numbers from when they were on at the time at, at the height of their popularity. Like there was at one point, I think one of their episodes, I think it was the finale of season one, got was watched by 12 million people. And then that was such a huge vote of confidence in Fox that they were like, okay, we're going to move you from Wednesday where you have been killing it and put you on Thursday. And Thursday was back then like must-see TV night across most of the networks, but especially NBC and then uh, I think it's CBS as well. Um, they talked about how that, even though it was still doing well, like in season two, it, like, but it dropped to like 7 million viewers. And, mm-hmm. and they were saying now, like, you know, now that doesn't even matter anymore. Like, it's just that, you know, there was such a sweet spot for shows in that kind of hit and were successful. And then today, you don't even, like, some of those numbers don't even matter. Like, maybe two million people are watching it live, but, like, six million people watch it in delayed viewing, either online or streaming it. And they were just talking about how, like, much of a difference it is now. Like, how to determine what a successful show is in 2021 compared to when they were on the air in, like, 2004. Yeah, completely different landscape now. The the yeah. thing for a show right now that makes it successful is everyone watches it and binges all of it at once, and you get it seen by thirty million people in two weeks, and then that's pretty much it. You got your view. Yeah. So they. they, they I mean, speaking of that. Yeah. They speaking spoke. of that, like, what are you guys excited for next year? Like, are there TV shows or movies you guys are excited for next year? Yes. Yeah, so I actually have a list of stuff that I'm excited for for next year. Uh, for TV shows, The Boys season three is coming out. Really excited for that. Uh, I know how you feel about superheroes, Brittany, but it's my favorite superhero show. No, um, I do want to. I do want to watch it. Okay. Have you seen any of it? No. Okay. You should it's definitely an start. It's, it's an anti-superhero show, though. That's what makes it so good. Movies that I'm really excited for. Um, I think The Black Phone. I'm really excited to see that. That's going to be really good. Uh, the Northman with uh i think that's what it's called with uh alexander skarsgård yeah um and then hold on i had one more that i was excited for besides all of the marvel stuff that i'm ex- that i know is going to be good um but hold on one second i think that it was someone else can go while i'm uh, speaking of speaking up. of the black phone actually i saw that at beyond fest and when did I do that? In October. Oh, you saw it already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They screened it early and it was so good. And it was supposed to come out in like January or February. And uh, they were actually sending us information to Joe Blow about getting ready to do like the press junket. And they moved it, I think, two weeks ago to June. Um, I'm bummed out because I want everyone to see it. It's, uh, it's really scary and it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Ethan Hawke is scary as fucking it. I've never seen him play anyone like that before. Yeah. Um, intense actor but yeah they, you can tell that they know that they have a good movie because usually mm-hmm. when you like see something early they like you're like oh don't review it it's under embargo you can't talk about it after that festival was over they were like you can post a review whenever you want like you can do it tomorrow and like i know like i looked on ron tomatoes and like all the early reviews it has it has like a 94 percent out of all the early reviews. Oh, i think it's gonna it looks the, pre- the premise looks really scary and really good it's so um, the, the last one that i was gonna excited for is the new jackass movie <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm excited for that too. that's just gonna be nostalgia and i need it to be in 3d though I, yeah <laughs> I just thought it was so I think I read an article right when they started filming it and within the first two weeks I think 
hospital twice already <laughs> because they're all in their 40s. They're all old. They're all old. <laughs> so. There's like a feeling that I get from like hearing that jackass theme song. <laughs> it's like because my brother was and like we used to like try and recreate a lot of even though it says you're not supposed to but we used to try and recreate a lot of that stuff growing up and I was always like the videographer because that's just like who I am as a person um <laughs> but so hearing that like theme song has like a strong reaction of, for my senses mm -hmm. I, I just think it's so awesome how MTV launched them from being idiots who ride a shopping cart off of a roof to them actually creating and Making being so able to put together these really, think, really wild sort of things that like just big stunts. And and I think that movie is going to do really well in theaters because it has such a strong, like such a huge audience of people. And it's like normal people that don't actually go see a movie. They're going to go out and see that movie yeah. because yeah. it's like nostalgic. Yeah. Well, so because Jackass, was it was it three? That did that grossed a lot of money when Jackass three D came out. Third one had the biggest opening weekend for an R rated movie. It was Jackass three D. I saw it yeah. at midnight. Um, yeah, I did. Um, so Jackass hits that like sweet spot of like it can skew really young, but it's also like a lot of people who grew up with it like it too. So like I think that is something that will do really well. And people theater. are going to be taking their kids to see it. That like yeah, I know because I think the third one came out in what 2010, 2011. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I also think now that well since bam margera the he's gone off the rails and he's no longer a part like i think they all have restraining orders against him uh, he's, uh, he's trying to get but, to be made and or not released like yeah. yeah but i think i think they're adding some younger like i think mgk is in it for a little bit like he does a few stunts so they're trying to probably bring in like a new crowd. crowd of the audience like a little bit of the younger crew yeah um but then still keeping the same like, I, I really hope they have the um, the hair buzzer and they go back and buzz some people's hair. Old school. <laughs> well, I'm really excited for um, I'm really excited for the new Elvis movie with Tom Hanks because that was like kind of what started the whole coronavirus thing. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember. That's when like we all thought Tom Hanks was gonna die from COVID, like in Australia. Uh, <laughs> I think that's gonna be a really good one. And I'm excited for um, uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, because that's one of my mm. favorite books. And it's coming out um, July. It's coming out in July, starring Daisy Edgar Jones, yep. um, who is like exactly who I imagined in that movie when I read the book. So this is, I'm excited about it. Um, and I'm also excited for, I have two more. I have Don't Worry Darling, which is Olivia Wilde's new movie. Um, I've seen quite a few, going back to the blinds that I read, I've seen quite a few blinds about this movie. I mean, it pretty much ended her marriage with Jason Sudeikis. I always like them as a couple. I know, it started her affair with Harry Styles. But I've heard oh, some- She cheated on him? I mean, I it's know. all- it's all speculation yeah it's a little murky olivia you lost some points yeah but i mean we don't know it's all speculation um but yeah there's been a lot of blinds about that movie and about the making of it that just kind of draws attention around the movie um and then there's another one i think it's called she said and it's about like the harvey weinstein um it's it's gonna Carrie be mulligan like, yeah yeah carrie mulligan's in it 
Um, and I've heard good things about that so far. So yeah, Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mul Mulligan investigating the Harvey Weinstein sexual misconduct. So I think that'll be another one like Bombshell where it's like an expose. That was so good. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Dave, um, you excited for Avatar 2? No, I'm careless. <laughs> I am, no, I'm, uh, it's been so, like, I didn't even like the first one that much. And then like, there's been this long wait. Of course he didn't. No, there's been this long wait for this sequel. And I'm just like, I don't care. I just, I miss James Cameron making like other stuff. He's dedicated, I guess, the rest of his life to just making Avatar sequels. And he wants just, to be he wants to be the next J.R.R. Tolkien. Like he wrote his own language and stuff. Like, dude, you need to relax. Yeah, like calm the fuck up. Um, well, I'm after, after they said unobtainium, I was like, you know what? I'm <laughs> not interested. After his wife won or his ex-wife won an Oscar over him, I'm I'm not team James Cameron anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited for well, Euphoria season two starts January 9th, so that's early. I'm excited for that. Um the new screen comes out January 14th. That's going to be a good sweet spot. Two weeks for me. Mm. Um, I hate to bring up, I mean, uh, there is a ton of Marvel stuff coming out next year, but I'm excited for it. I mean, I think out of all of them, I think the Doctor Strange sequel yeah. has my attention just because I think it's going to be visually really unique and different. Um, and uh, Thor as yeah. well uh, would be, because uh, I'm interested to see how they're going to use uh, Natalie Portman because she's going to be, you know, the female version of Thor in this one. I think that's a lot of the reason why she decided to come back for this movie because she just didn't want to be like the girlfriend. And mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I'm excited to see what they kind of do with her and with that. And after Thor Ragnarok, I'm really I hope I was going to say the same thing a little bit. The first two Thors were terrible, but after the success of Ragnarok, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, um, I'm excited for the Batman. Uh, Mm -hmm. just because i think it's, it's going to be like they're taking it back to the kind of similar roots to what they did with like batman begins and the dark knight um but that's why i'm excited for it yeah. Matt i love that batman the dark batman mm -hmm. and um they released a new trailer today that look, makes it look even more like amazing oh I nice i haven't seen it yet i gotta check that out really good. and zoe kravitz is amazing amazing yeah yeah they've been splashing her all over the marketing i was like there's other villains in it but i mean like yeah she's a good selling point well, they haven't shown the riddler's face so i wonder who that's going to be unless they yeah. did in this new trailer well, like the paul dando's playing him um i don't even reckon I, he's doing something with his voice he's unrecognizable that's recognize, why you I didn't recognize his voice i didn't like i was like yeah he sounds Wait, who's, play, who's playing him paul dando he's like uh what has he been in like, he was he's in no like, country for old men old man yeah he's in that yeah uh, Little Miss Sunshine. He plays the brother who's like mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he. Uh, I'm excited for like just the. Okay. You know who he is, Owen. Yeah, I him. just looked him up. He's got that very punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> very punchable face. Um, I just hope that uh, it kind of. I mean, I guess it doesn't have much to like kind of live up to, right? Because what came before this one have been like it was like what Batman versus Superman. That's that's Injustice League. That's the last time we've seen. Uh, Batman on the big screen um so I really only sorry, he's in he's in there will be blood not no country for old men sorry yeah that's Wait. why it threw me off he's in yeah I know the, I get those two movies mixed he's up he's a preacher and he's he's also in looper he's the one that sells his buddy out yeah oh yeah that's right and it's also gonna be a good year for uh horror movies too I already mentioned scream uh Halloween ends comes out in October 
I'll be happy to see how that trilogy. Wait, so they're doing two Halloween movies back to back years? Yeah. So the original plan was to film them both at the same time and release one in 2020. And then the other one was going to be released in 2021. And then, like, they already finished, like, Halloween Kills was already done, but then COVID happened and they pushed the release date back and then delayed it until 2021 and then delayed shooting of Halloween Ends until actually January of this year. But they said it will be still ready for release in October of 2022. Cool. Oh, and then there's uh, Jordan Peele's making another horror movie. Don't know what it's about. It's called Nope. (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) Um, You guys like, um, what was his last one? Us? Yeah, it's the first one since then. Uh, there's a poster for it. There's like a weird like cloud thing in the sky that looks ominous, and a kite. I mean, I think I think Get Out was I think Get Out was better than Us. I was disappointed. Disappointed with Us. I think you know, I, you know, I, like, I still thought Us was good though. Like I mean, compared to like most horror movies that kind of come out, I thought it was. I I, I don't think it. I, I think the main problem is that it didn't completely stick the landing at the end. Well, the whole like underground world where they're kind of doing the same thing as they are up above, I was that didn't work for me at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm excited for anything he does. I still think he's like a, he's an innovative voice. I think uh, for the genre. I completely agree. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited to see what he what he does next. Not every he's- director can hit the ball out of the park every single time. He's definitely falling into like an altruistic uh director where they do like an m night Shyamalan type where it's like you know the formula that they're gonna play into every time that they make a movie and it's like you kind of have to go in expecting that Wes Craven's like you go in expecting that same like formula and you're you're either happy or not happy with the result yeah he's like and he's like Shyamalan too in the whole like um uh, like very mysterious marketing campaign because there's nothing really like when us first had trailers and stuff, like it was like, well, what is this about? And then like, nope, hasn't even had a trailer. Yet. It's just been a poster. The poster got shared a lot. People were like, I'm just so excited. And then there's no indication of like what it might be about. But I think it's just because people are just excited for. He likes to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also excited for Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I was like, I was really disappointed when it got moved around a lot because of COVID last year. And then I was like, okay, it's finally going to come out in 2021. And they were like, no, we're just going to move it all the way to. 2022. Is that the one that Tom Cruise yelled at his staff for with the masks? No, that was on Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission, the newest one. He, uh, they weren't wearing uh, the mask while they're like, I guess they're, I don't know what was going on, but he yelled at them and then someone recorded it. Yeah, that was uh, funny. Yeah, Dad got mad. Have you not heard the recording? It's actually really funny. No, I have. Pretty funny. Um, the only drawback to Top Gun is that Miles Teller is in it, but I can, I can deal Ooh. with like everyone. Which is, yeah. What can you do? So he was in the video for Taylor Swift that she released and people were like hating on him for being in this video. And it's like him and his actual wife were in the video. Mm. And he finally had to come out and say like, guys, I'm vaccinated. Like you can watch the video. I promise I'm vaccinated. People were like not wanting to watch it because he was, he, I guess he's like anti-vax or he was anti, I don't know. Yeah. But he had to finally come out and be like, guys, I got the vaccine. Like he posted a picture of him getting the vaccine. Oh my God. That's so funny. He was getting hated on. They were, they All were really haters. Trashing they were trashing him hard on Twitter. Because there yeah. was that rumor that he didn't want to get vaccinated. And then he went to go do that Godfather, uh, that show about the making of the Godfather. And apparently uh, he tested positive and they had to like shut down for two weeks. And everyone was like, well, I think he's not back. Like he, 
has made a stance that he didn't want to get it. But I guess whether that's true or he changed his mind, he eventually did get vaccinated so and had to tell everyone so they wouldn't, all Taylor Swift fans wouldn't hate him forever. <laughs> um, yeah. But, People uh, have already kind of been bored. I know. Um, I do want to really point out something that happened this year that I thought was really good. Uh, I thought that Scarlett Johansson making her uh, lawsuit against Disney regarding Black Widow like a public thing was like the best thing that she could possibly do for other people in the industry that might have been in a similar situation as her where you're promised one thing as an actress and a producer. This is what you're going to get. You know, we're promising you a percentage of box office and then things have to like pivot. And I know it was because of COVID and like they have to change the release strategy, but they kind of did it behind her back a little bit. And we're like, oh yeah, we're going to release it on Disney plus for a premium price. And then also release it in theaters. It's like basically the same and you're going to get the same amount of money. And she knew as like a producer on that movie that that would not be the case. Yeah. Um, I know, I remember when the story came out, like Disney's response to it was like pretty childish. They, like, they, first of all, they called her out by saying, well, she already made $20 million. Like they released what she made her paycheck basically. And Which then super uh, not cool. it implied that she was being insensitive for like the people who like can't go to the movies because they're afraid because of COVID. And they use that as like- They should have up a new contract. That's all they should have done. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, you know, some people were like, well, she shouldn't have, played it out in public, but I think that was the best thing to do. I think that she was like, no, I'm not gonna, I, I kind of figured, I'm not even saying this as like, I don't know if I can speak on it because I'm a, a man, but like, I think if if it was Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth, like it, this wouldn't have happened. I think like doing that to her was very easy. Well, they uh, released Shang-Chi in theaters. Yeah, so they could have done that with Black Widow. And there's only and like I think- months apart. And I think this is also interesting because people were like, oh, she's just like cranky. And like, that was a very like misogynistic way of like viewing the situation when there have been actors in the past that have also sued their production company for similar things before she, I mean, someone else hands in a run. Um, she didn't just like pop this up out of nowhere. Like it was definitely something that she was, it was worth fighting for. And I mean, Kevin Costner sued the production company over Robin Hood um, for royalties and Mel Gibson, I think, also sued his production company for royalties. I mean, this isn't the first time that we've seen someone do this. It's just the first time a woman has. Mm. So, um, and they definitely blew it way up and for good reason. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I completely agree. I mean, they really tried to drag her to make her look bad. I mean, I, I kept wondering, like, I was like, who wrote that statement from Disney? Because it was like, it came off so childish and just like, well, here's what we're gonna do. Like it, they like basically publicly shamed her, and basically still, got paid enough already. <laughs> and like, luckily, it her. wasn't. She didn't really care about her public image. She cared about the money. So it really, mm-hmm. she was like, okay, say whatever you want to say. I'm still suing your ass. Like, I feel bad for anyone that has to go up against Disney's lawyers. <laughs> it was really bad for that. I think they're just very scary. I, I don't know yeah. what they might look like. <laughs> I feel like they, yeah, I wouldn't want to go up against them either, but kudos to her for doing it because like yeah. she ended up winning in the end like yeah and she won so they clearly it. they fucked up somewhere and you know and they had to fix it because she was still making she's a producer on like they're doing a tower of terror and she's a producer on it so they had to make that work again 
And, you know, Kevin Feige, she got an award uh, like a month or two ago. And he said he's developing like behind the scenes, like Marvel stuff with her. Not necessarily where she's on screen, but as a producer. So she's very much still going to be in the Disney family. And I think that all the everyone else is probably like, you guys need to fix this. Because like she's a part of it, no matter what. And we can't like, I don't know, it just it came off a little disrespectful to kind of do that to her. And uh, I'm glad she stood her ground, though, because it's I thought that was pretty important for her to do. Yeah. Very necessary. And I think it kind of shows other actresses, too, like if they're in a similar situation that uh, they can kind of stand up and like it's about, it's about knowing your worth. And I think she knew mm-hmm. hers. She was a producer on it. She knew exactly what there since day one. She was in Iron Man 2. Right. So, yeah. And also putting in the work. Right. So she'd been there forever. Yeah, it was a slap in the face. Yeah, it's like it was a slap in the face to kind of be like, we're not really going to discuss this new deal with you. It's just like, here, accept it. And uh, she's like, no, she deserves it. And actually, all these deals kind of happen behind the scenes, too, even with like, you know, HBO Max. And I know the Doomcast had to rework all their contracts because they were also promised a piece of box office. And mm-hmm. that changes when it's also a streaming release, too. Um, yeah. You know, none of those went public because I, I guess they didn't get nasty behind the scenes. Um, this one got nasty, and uh, and she came out on top. So good for her. I thought that yeah, was good. exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess like one of the last things that this is always gonna kind of pop up. Um, there were parts of uh, there are parts of cancel culture that were pretty big in 2021. Um, it happened with like Army Hammer. Uh, that was <laughs> the cannibal. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, and that wasn't sexual i mean that wasn't like a sexual allegation that was like he's eating humans he's like, he, like wants, he wants to eat your heart he's like a monster <laughs> uh, yeah uh, but it cost him uh, a lot of work he lost a lot of high profile jobs he was supposed to get be in uh this movie called shotgun wedding with jennifer lopez they dropped him for that he got replaced with josh Duhamel. he was supposed to be on the godfather series the offer he got replaced i mean by if Rock you're Thunder. getting replaced by josh Duhamel. I know you need to work. You need to look inward. <laughs> like, I, I feel bad because Josh Jamel, like he's, you know, he works, but like he's like yeah. less than Army Hammer, right? Like, he's great yeah. at rom coms. He'll do great in that movie. Yeah. Um. It also, you know, uh, it they attempted it with Dave Chappelle, and it didn't really fly. Um. And then we are seeing it now a bit with like <laughs> Chris Noth almost got through the whole year <laughs> without getting a uh, part of the list, but he is too. I mean, like. I, I just wonder if like the tide's kind of changing on it because you have the, uh, the example with Army Hammer and even though he said he's like getting help and he's in rehab for whatever it is. Like, rehab uh, for cannibalism? Yeah, where is uh, that at? I think it's like alcohol and like... Canada? <laughs> I think it's like alcohol and sex addiction or something and like so he can get help, right? Uh, it happened with Shia LaBeouf too, right? He, you know, he all came out with like his ex-girlfriend uh saying that he was physically abusive towards her mm-hmm. um i think there are a lot of, there's a subsection of the world though that roots for him because they know like he's been through a lot growing up i'm rooting for him he especially after been. seeing honey boy yeah um he's and yeah so like, Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle was able to block it i don't know if it's because he's a comedian and it's easier uh to kind of he be just like doesn't hey. give a fuck though i yeah. okay so i i have i have like one thing i need to say about dave Chappelle, and because i did try and watch his stand-up and i actually ended up turning it off and um you know what that's it i turned it off i didn't enjoy it i didn't think it was funny i turned it off um anyone can do that 
<laughs> I don't think we need to cancel him necessarily because I don't think he's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Chappelle will always be Dave Chappelle. He's done this in the past and he's going to do it going forward. But his comedy is no longer for me. I'm no, I'm no longer his audience. And I turned it off. Mm. It's interesting. It was, it was that simple. I mean, I, I watched something else. Yeah, that's a good example though. Because like you can you try. can do that without making a big hoopla about it, right? I mean, you can I mean yeah. you can be offended and just be like, okay, I'm not gonna support him anymore. You're like, yeah. that, that's frustrating towards me, but you know what? That's him. <laughs> and honestly, like it wasn't even that it, I was offended. I just didn't think that it was funny to me. So and he's a comedian, he's supposed to be a comedian. And if I watched the first 15, 20 minutes and I wasn't laughing, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. What, regardless of whatever the content was, he's supposed to be doing a job where he's supposed to be making me laugh and he wasn't making me laugh. So I had to turn on something that would make me laugh. Right. Wow. Shots fired at Dave Chappelle. Well, I mean, I, but I agree. I with think he though. shot the, I think he shot I first. Yeah. I agree with her though, because like everything doesn't have to be like a public stoning. Like every time you're triggered by something. And I also yeah, think it's like a case by case kind of scenario. Like mm-hmm. at Dave Chappelle, like a lot of people say that comedians are, they kind of get a pass with some of this stuff because that's just a part of the work, a part of the job. Um, and I, I think other comedians would support that. Um, so I think like it, it has to be kind of case by case. You can't really lump everyone into one cancel culture box, I guess. Yeah. Should have like, been as simple as I didn't like it. So I decided to watch something else. Yeah. Thank you. You I'm know, like Army Hammer, like, you know, I know that they had it. <laughs> they're having a difficult time promoting death in the nile because he is even though it's a huge ensemble cast he's the male lead paired with gal gadot they released a trailer for it he's in it but you could tell they were like just cut around him a lot and he is kind yeah. of he is in the poster like they're not trying to hide that he's in it but i know when it comes to like they're gonna have to market it in february like he likely won't be a part of that um unless there's some big change in the next couple months but it's like once he kind of comes out and apologizes or says, I, I got help. I did this. I did that. Do you feel comfortable being like, all right, I would want to see him in a movie again. I want to see him in a project again. Like, are you open to like, you know, him kind of coming back or is it like, no, you're done. I, I know too much and I don't yeah, support that. Yeah. Cause I mean, the movie isn't about him being a cannibal. It's about, I mean, he's playing a part where he's acting and, I think I'm able to separate the fact that he is playing a role where he's actually probably a better person than he actually is in real life. <laughs> um, so it, I think it'll be fine with me to watch something. I mean, he's already made money off of this. It doesn't him or not. Um, I, I don't think that uh, monetizing it is really the factor, but I do think I'm able to separate that like a character whereas like a comedian Dave Chappelle is Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. but if you're an actor you're acting as a normal person <laughs> whereas he's not in yeah. real life that's true and like uh, to be fair you know, the movie was shot like well before these things came out it was supposed to come out it would have if it was if it had its original date it would have came out way before these things came out yeah. um you know I, I, I like I said I mean like I guess you know like someone like Harvey Weinstein I would never I could, he could tell he could tell us how rehabilitated he was, and I just wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't want to support anything he. That's there's so I know like that, right. 
there's not much gray area there. Yeah, there's no gray area there. And but like, then there's like, someone like Woody Allen who makes a movie about being like a fucking creep. And he is the creep. He puts himself in the role as the yeah. creep. Yeah. So then it's like, and you're directing a movie about you being interested in a very younger woman, which is exactly what you are. You're a predator. So that I have a hard time like separating, separating. you know? Yeah. Like a bio biopic of himself. Like if Army Hammy, Ar- Army Ham- <laughs> I love that. Army. <laughs> what did I say? Army Hammy. <laughs> if he was starring in a movie that he wrote and directed about him being a cannibal, cannibal, I would not be able to watch that. <laughs> he wrote Jennifer's Body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so there, so there is kind of hope for certain people that kind of they don't have to be written off forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it's really dangerous too because like I, I always I just wonder if other celebrities when this happens are they like need to go back and look at my Twitter check my phone I bet they've already done there. it they've <laughs> already done that there's people in Hollywood that are paid to just like go through people's social medias like yeah. phones iClouds yeah but I, I think 2021 had, I mean, I'm really excited to see what happens in 2022 news related, just because um, there was a lot of stuff that went down. We had pretty much good news topics for, and we started late in the year. Uh, we had a lot of good topics to cover throughout this last year. And mm-hmm. I think 2021 has been a really good start for us. And I can't wait for us to continue into 2022 and see where uh, everything takes off and um, just want to thank everyone out there for listening. It's, it's been awesome so far, and we uh, love that you were closing out the year with you guys. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm happy that like the industry is kind of recovering, and like we'll have a lot of things to talk about next year. Like to watch like you know movies reopen again, and like you know like getting excited when the Quiet Place Part Two opened to forty nine million dollars. That wouldn't happen any other year, but it was just it was like okay, this is this is going to work again. Like people are going to go support movies, and like they've kind of proven that with certain things that have come out this year ending mm-hmm. it in a big way with spider-man and i kind of hope that continues with like stuff next year and i also hope people are just open next year to like smaller things like watching it on streaming like if you can't really it's okay to like support it on streaming and also it's okay for studios if you have a mid-budget movie that you think is not going to play well in theaters like it's okay to sell it to streaming like it will get yeah. noticed and it might get more noticed than it would if you try to re- release it theatrically i just hope they're smart next year about what they're releasing and how they're releasing it. I think they learned a lot between 2020 and this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case for 2022. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree. That's I mean, of- I'm excited every year to see what's what's yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah, we got a lot of good stuff next year, guys. Yeah, and um, technology is ever so changing. So know. who knows what next year is going to bring us. When you want to watch something, like, do I feel like going to the movies or can I just watch this at home? I mean, I just got a projector, so I'm nice. pretty set in my in my living room. Yeah, you guys should see how kind of ghetto rigged this set up. <laughs> 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 Our friend Vinny made fun of it when we were. I don't know if you heard him, but he was there. No, I I I know it's it's a work in progress. Okay, <laughs> everyone, calm down. <laughs> It'll get there. on the box that I thought I was going to knock over and break your projector and then get kicked out because I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> you would get kicked out. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, before we wrap up, I do want to point out um we're on uh uh good pause hq app um which i found out about on uh twitter from all the twitter groups that were uh sharing 
they're actually sharing our page through that initially. I didn't even know about it. And they were like, yeah, you need to sign up because like someone's been sharing your page on it and uh, you need to claim your uh, podcast. So I did that. And the cool thing about the platform is that it, you can discover us on like Apple and Spotify and all that stuff. And, th- and those are great. You should listen to it wherever you can. But the good thing about uh, the Good Pods uh, app is that it's for indie podcasts and that don't have like, you know, like a ton of financial backing to like promote, promote, promote. And um, it's just another uh, vehicle to get discovered. And you have similar podcasts that are like rating you and reviewing you and also sharing it with others that are in your niche, basically. Um, so we are in the film and like TV review chart. And like each week we've climbed up the chart, like each week. I, like, I think when the first time I looked at it, we were in the, I know, I don't know if the first time I showed you we were in the twenties and then it was the low teens, it was like 14 or 13. And then it went up to number seven. And then this past, uh, over the weekend, we hit number two. Silver, let's go. Uh, and, and we're actually in great company because I've actually listened to some of the other podcasts on like, on that list and they are all very good i've talked to a lot of them on twitter and like they're all very supportive everyone kind of wants to link up and work on things and it's a really cool like spot to kind of meet other people that are doing what we're doing and a lot of them are doing it for fun but they're learning that they're developing a organic following on there that's kind of carrying over uh to other platforms as well so um however that's happening whether you're sharing it on that or listening on apple or spotify However, you're listening to us. Uh, just want to thank you guys because it's a, uh, it's really cool to see you like being number two on a top 100 list. So it's awesome. Yeah, thanks for listening to us just chatter about random, random. Yeah, I can't believe people actually want to hear what we have to say. Oh yeah. no, no, that was that was my big takeaway from it. I was like, you guys actually care. So it's, it's <laughs> cool. and it, it only makes us want to work harder. It's not like that we need to be number one or like that it that needs to happen. I do. It kind of makes you know that you. you put it. <laughs> I do, <laughs> but it's it shows that we're putting in good work and it's paying off. So thank you so much. It's been awesome. I know we haven't been doing this all year. We got started in what November. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you know what 2022 means to me is that we'll be able to have a full year to kind of full like develop this show even more and expand on it and add new things to it. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions on things we should do, like when you review us, like let us know. DM us on Instagram or Twitter, anywhere you want to talk, because like we are open to ideas and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fun doing this into the new year. I'm so excited. I'm excited to close it out with you guys. It's been so much fun. Yeah, thanks for a good year, guys. But it's not forever, it's just a week. But this is our last show of the year, and I'm glad we're finishing off strong. And you guys are awesome. And thank you too also for your help. Uh doing this year has been great because you were both in it. Oh, all right. Let's end on that sappy little note. Don't cry. <laughs> all right. So uh, Owen's gonna sign us off for like the final time of 2021, and then uh, wow, I have the honor. Yeah, guys, just want to say thank you for listening to us. Uh, we always enjoy doing this. That's one of the things that we love to do. I mean, two of you, two of us work in the industry, and that's our that's their livelihood. And I am just here along for the ride because it's something that I love to watch and talk about and just want to say thank you to anyone who's listening for really just tuning in and and having to hear our opinions because this is something that we like to do and you can find us literally anywhere that that there's a podcast back to the blockbuster we're a playlist original Um, like I always say you can watch us on YouTube if you'd like 
Uh, you can see all of Gaius's really cool movie posters uh, well, in the background. I would say they're all Halloween. <laughs> there's, like a, maybe, there's a few that aren't Halloween, but there's a lot of Halloween <laughs> back. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks for a great 2021, guys. I know we started a little late, but can't wait to see what 2022 has to offer. And uh, we're going to have a lot, a lot of good content coming your guys' way. It's going to be great. And I'm, I think a lot more guests are going to come on. Um, would love to hear what anyone has to say, if they'd like suggestions on things for us to review or little specials that we might be able to do. Um, please just continue to, to listen because we like doing this and we're going to keep getting after it. Yep. That's a good way to end it on, man. Thank you. Thanks, uh, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And also, thank you, guys. Thanks for being a part of this. Yeah. And Happy New Year, everyone. Wish happy you New all Year. The blessings Happy again. New Year. Mm -hmm.